Stumps and get on the road because it's time for Fumble Through! Fumble through. A podcast that's as camp as a row of tents. Howdy doody weary I can't even get that out. Howdy doody weary travellers and welcome back to another instalment of Role Playing Goodness and Brett. We are once again here in the Fumble Factory getting ready to rumble. But before we do that, here's some things that we do each week. Lindsay, what's going on in the world of socials? Oh, what? You didn't so- do the duty segue. Hmm? I've, you had I a had duty segue. Oh, I had some duty jokes written here, and I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. Someone took the Michelle Obama higher ground. Low hanging fruit. <laughs> um, Speaking of low hanging fruit, <laughs> you've done that one already. <laughs> yeah, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We we need some some dicey questions. Um, I don't even have an inane question from any any weirdo. You'll think this week. one. Yep, I can make one up. What do you clean out the inside of a detergent bottle with? A sponge. Isn't it self-cleaning? If your towel is clean and you get out of the shower, oh, why is it dirty? Oh, Why do you wash those towels? Uh, I don't wash the towels. The towels but you're wash not me. cleaning yourself. You're drying yourself. But you're clean when you get out, right? Correct. But you're so still how's wipe- the towel getting dirty? You're still going to be wiping off. Don't. Di- All right. Don't. <laughs> what are you wiping off? Don't. All right. Clean Brett, water. Brett's been I'm watching- wiping this conversation off. Yeah. Brett's been watching reruns of New Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I have noticed, Lindsay, that mm. over the over the last since we've been doing this, you've been doing the socials, and I have noticed that the social plugs have just become a little run of the mill. Are we gonna get? Do we need to go back to giving you some voices or making you say you, the words backwards? Or I mean, something? you can you can if you want, but you know, I mean, I think we're at that stage where everyone knows where they can find us. I know, but the, which is why I think we need to create some news, I'm, like I'm, make some fake news around socials. Oh, okay, leave it leave it with me. Okay. Okay. I'd, I'd like some, I, I uh, still want to work on TikTok. I had had some phone dramas lately, so I'm hoping to get back into posting. What happened to your phone, Lindsay? My 10-month-old bit it and broke my OLED in the middle of my screen. So that bit was fun. your phone? Yeah, she's teething, you know. Broke your what? The phone. OLED. Phone. LED oh. screen. Well, oh, what Lindsay calls the other parent. <laughs> yep. So, so underneath- How do you she- go to the toilet now? <laughs> With a 10-month-old. Without a phone. <laughs> Kicking it old school. I've, retro. Got, I've, I've got a book, yeah. A book? <laughs> Gee, I'd have taken a magazine, but yeah. Well, it's a comic book, so it's kind of a bit of both. He's <laughs> uh, just in it for the uh, superhero female outfits. <laughs> Jane Keeney's and such. Jane oh, no, Keeney. It's actually Hellblazer, which, depending on what oh. I've had the night before, kind of is relevant. Yeah, <laughs> your chili trees are sprouting, aren't they? Yeah, it's yeah. gone bonkers. <laughs> well, um, beer. Oh yes, <laughs> I'm just I'm just looking through what, my what list. Agenda. It just says beer. Beer agenda. So there are two options today. Oh, okay. we have a no beer or beer. <laughs> <laughs> beer or beer splitter. Yeah. Well, look, I had a tooth extracted last week, so I officially shouldn't be drinking oh, alcohol. Okay, why? Because I'm on antibiotics. I'm sure more like are they the sort that you can't drink alcohol with? Because not all antibiotics, some you can't I, drink I, with. I think the real question is, Luke, when has Brett ever listened to <laughs> advice of 
people who are professionally literate and career professionals. When cool. have I ever done that? Uh, so there's sure. a ginger beard, which mm-hmm. is the eighth of ginger beer, mm-hmm. or a lovely stout that you brought, Justin. Dealer's choice is what I say. If you're going to get um, fucked up on medication and alcohol, I, I think you should uh, choose your own poison. That's a good call. Yeah. What was the state like? Don't know. It's we haven't had it yet. It's a, no, no, no. As in, what was the uh, prerequisites on the can? It's a sticky date pudding stout. Is that a sticky date one? Yeah. All oh, right. Not trying to swear you here, jo- uh, Brett. Well, I don't know why I have to pick the- Beer. How about we roll well, because for it? it could be your last drink. We've just established that you're on medication. Nah. And the cyanide I don't think anybody's tooth- got any dice, Lindsay. Oh, yeah, true. I was just wondering if Lindsay could get the cans because he's closest to the I fridge. I will, but- well, I have a, a D20 coin here that has a 20 on one side and a one on the other. Okay, we can make this as hard as we bloody well like. Just get the cans out of the fridge. Lindsay hasn't seen Ooh. which cans are which. He's just Ooh, picked the right. Also, coin to your four pack, pack, mate. That made a nice it did noise. Did make a nice noise, actually. Yeah, come on, this one. Natural one. <laughs> Natural one. You oh, fail. Ginger beard, it is. Ginger beard. Ooh. Looks a bit like you, Luke. You beard for the ginger. Yeah, and yeah. You've got a beard though. Like you got that bit right. Is it your turn to go to Specsavers? I know I've just been. So just to preface this one, this is Aether Brewing, uh, fabulous um, Brisbane Brewing Company, Northgate, Queensland. They brew out of Northgate. Um, 1.3%, so right in the pocket for a ginger beer. Um, It's got a wonderful picture of uh, a very effeminate-looking they-them with a beard on. Um, Vegan. Sorry, I was reading something else. (laughs) Art by Steve Falco. It's a bearded lady is what it was, and it's all on canvas artwork. Um, It's called Ginger Beard, B-E-E-R-D. All natural, real ginger, vegan, gluten-free, low sugar, Um, and we've had a bit of Aether Brewing. They're a a bit of a favourite. They do good work. So are they linked to um, Bud Light? No. Okay. Does anyone else see a clown when they look at the Aether logo? I'm curious. Oh, is is it ether or ether? I think it could be both. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> like the person on the can. <laughs> <laughs> we were all thinking it. We were all thinking it. <laughs> oh, so you, you, the, the panic that went through your face. I, I was like, <laughs> you do I hang myself like, here? Oh, yeah. It was, it was lovely to watch you laugh at your internal monologue. <laughs> um, All natural and real ginger, vegan, gluten-free, and low sugar. I think my question for the picture is, do the carpets match the drapes? Oh, well, okay. All right, I'm taking so a drink. I'm very cautious to drink this because the last ginger beer I had on air Oh, I still haven't had that yet. Absolutely uh-huh. amazing. Uh-huh. Okay. It was. And, and your, cu- your can's still in there, Justin, if can you want I, to. Can I say, firstly, I don't think it's hops forward. Um, mm. Mm. It's oh, it, it's got a real ginger hit to yeah, it. Yeah, does uh, it? Again, very refreshing. It's got a real ginger. There's a there's that a metallic there's yeah. a metallic taste to it. Is that the that aluminium can, taste of forgetfulness? There's a tickle of the ginger at the back of the throat. Yeah. What about the drink, though? <laughs> I still can't get over the clown. No, I, yeah, no I, one else see a clown? I do see a clown. I also see a, a, a face tattoo tear. Yeah, just the A, the hat, the, and hat. Then, Ooh, and it's, then the it's teardrop of the nose, yep, and the smile. It's very spicy. 
Yes, I've had this before. It's delicious. It's one of my favorites. But for me, though, it just looks like an upside down thing you see on Google Maps. What I like about this, and I know you're still talking about the logo. (laughs) What I like about this is some ginger beers are a little too sweet. So after you drink it, there's a, a real kind of syrupy aftertaste. Yeah. I'm not getting that from this. No, no, this is good. It's it's got that kind of good kick well, of spice lo- in it. Low sugar. It should have a syrupy Ooh, taste. Oh, it's warm in my belly. Mm. Yeah, I think it's medicinal as well. Ginger. Oh, actually, this is good for your tooth, uh-huh. Brett. You uh-huh. should probably drink four of these. Uh huh. Grab your nearest ginger for the medicinal effect. <laughs> <laughs> Don't mind putting a ginger in my mouth, <laughs> on my mouth, in my mouth, and whatever. The, the I thought I said you got gingivitis. I prefer the other one. This is nice. But this I is do, fine. Uh, yeah, this is a good, this is, this is good, solid. This is good, but- In the pocket. Justin really needs to drink good, the other can. Seven oh, and a half, eight, eight and a half even out of 10, but the other one was right up there. Okay. All right. right. Yeah. Well, it's good to know you're giving me the, uh, you know, I guess it's my own fault I stopped drinking. It's in the fridge, Justin. See, you don't have to stop drinking, case in point. <laughs> well, that's true. That's true. Some would say it's a problem, but it's also true. It's, it's a there. commitment, Justin. No. It's a commitment. No. So, moving forwards, this week, the dicey question is one for those of us out there who are parents or those people looking to be parents or those parents who have parents. Um, it dawns on me that in this room, we have a collective- of about 45-odd years of parenting experience. And while it doesn't make us good at it, it does allow us to have an opinion on how it should be done. So, my question is- With the lights a, off. A more philosophical one, and it goes like this. And I, this is exactly how I wrote it when I thought it. How do you parenting? What are some of the things you make sure that you do? So, I think this is a, in, in essence, to clarify for Luke- um, it's, it's what you, we're all parents. What are some things that you're like, these are my ethos of parenting. This is what I think about parenting. And what I, I, I think I hold dear. yeah, I think it's important to be as inconsistent as you possibly can. I like it. <laughs> Sadly, I am not even trying. <laughs> yeah. I, I think it's very important to have an active partner who does most of the job. <laughs> oh, he went there. <laughs> yeah, I think that's really important. Um, Is it important not to be that partner? Because I think I've failed there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it can't be me. <laughs> I'm the inconsistent one. Ah, uh, right. No, but what are what are some of the things mm. that you hold dear around your your parenting philosophies? Whether they're the same as everyone else's or different. I mean, we all have the thing like keep them alive, feed them, love them, all mm. that kind of stuff. I, I kind of well. feel like I'm still working on that. Like. I was just talking to Brett before we started about, because Lorelai's just turned three. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, the attitude with that child is ridiculous. <laughs> like it just came out of nowhere. <laughs> Beforehand, she was so polite. <laughs> yes, daddy, please, daddy. Uh-huh. And it suddenly it's like uh-huh. talk back and is this, mocking me. You didn't have the terrible twos? No. Yeah, I, my oldest did not, it wasn't till three. Terrible threes. And then it just, it's forever. Yeah, the wind changed. <laughs> it does so uh, <laughs> just suddenly, bang, I'm an asshole. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's, no, no, it, they're an asshole. It, <laughs> it, because the thing that we've got in here is you, we've got, the, both of you are, are very new parents and you, all of your kids are under, like, Lindsay, your kids are under five, under three, or yeah. three and under. Three and under, yep. 
Luke's uh, ten, oldest seven, is 10. And newborn, yeah. Brett's oldest is 13 and my oldest is 17. Yeah. Going 18. So it's it's very different phases in our parenting journeys as well and stuff. What do you, what do you hold dear, Brett? What's your- uh- Look, I, I did work with children, like young children for a while, and I loved it because the, the philosophy there was to embrace the play. And I think there's something in that when you have kids to really get rid of all of the things that kind of hold you up in as an adult and stop you from being playful and, and really jump in. Kids are really good with that. Um, I wish I could do that more and better. Um, but I'm, I'm failing, I think at, at a lot of that, a lot of the time, but playing with the kids is, is I think that's the philosophy for me is trying to be playful and it's good for me and it's good for them. Trying to find the boundary between that and guidance and, you know, stopping them. We had I did some garden work, took the kids out. They're not outdoor kids. We took them out and showed them how to use an axe and a saw today. And the amount of times I watched my eldest chop towards his hand or his foot with an axe, that was, you know, the, I said to him, the two mistakes with an axe are chopping towards yourself and using a blunt axe. And he was chopping towards himself with a blunt axe. Um, uh, oh, good thing uh, it wasn't sharp, though. 50% of that injury. was my problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> could have been um, some injuries. So, you know, to guide, guide where you can, um, try and stop them being tools, I think, is the, the no dickhead policy. Don't raise a dickhead. Mm. Yeah, failed. <laughs> <laughs> well, comparatively, they're really good kids, Justin. There's what? apples and trees, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're fighting against their genetics. (laughs) Just did a spit take. Next morning, please. (laughs) Mindful of ginger beer. I'd like to eject from my nose. Um, I've just been doing some research online. Uh The collective noun for fathers is a khaki of fathers. Khaki of fathers because it's so brown and shit. I did. Yeah. Uh, there was there was a, a study that they did, and they talked about what what you can do long lasting that has damage to your kids. And oh, no. the study the study showed that there's not actually too much parents can do that will kill their or that that uh, apart from like n- neglect. You know, like as, as long as you're Physical feeding and, and do it, like not harming them and stuff. But the only damage that you really can do that they they think is long lasting is smoking in front of your kid. Um, drinking to excess in front of your kid and uh, showing, not showing kindness to others. They're the three things that they reckon can have a long lasting impact um, in front of, in front of your children. So by those measures, I'm doing okay with two of them. Oh, look, I've seen you in the pair of pants you came in. You're smoking in that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, for, my, for my part, I know I've made some mistakes as a parent, and we all do. I think chores are more important than I ever gave them stock as my kids have gotten- Talk about that. As I've gotten older, my kids uh, do not hold a value for hard- well, That's wrong to say, because they are hardworking kids. 
they don't hold a value for chores. Right. So they will get their work done. They will do the things, but they're like when it comes to scraping your bowl and doing dishes and stuff, there's no thought of who has to come after, after them the follow up to do stuff. So oh, I that's, think yeah. that's, that's an age related thing, though, but isn't I, it? Because but once I, they start actually running their own show and they've yeah. got that, that that'll sink in. Oh yeah, quick, I can't though. wait to go to their fucking houses and destroy <laughs> them. Yeah. Um, Shit but, all up the pan. Yeah. yeah they scrape right. it down. But the the um. But I think I think if if they had to do the dishes a little more often, they would actually have a an idea of you know don't don't leave your shit everywhere or don't like don't leave stuff that gets washed down the sink and someone has to scrape it out and stuff. You know all those gross yeah. things that mm. it's just something that somebody else has to come past and do. So that's one of the things that I'm like. Have you made them do those say, jobs so they get an appreciation no. of it? No. So I've I've very much thought my kids should be cleaning the toilet, given they can't hit the fucker with a, <laughs> you know, it's like they've put the penis on a cone spray every day. <laughs> when they're peeing and they yeah. turn around and they're like, what? No, yeah. no, turn back around. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I saw some droplets on the light switch the other day. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know. Uh, yep. Wait, you got- the yeah, Lindsay, I know. Lindsay, I- all ladies, Luke, you got a boy coming. You yep. got that sprinkler, sprinkler on the way. I think the other thing that I, I guess, is my parent thing is, I am a parent and not a friend, mm-hmm. but I also talk to my kids as well as I can, treating them for their age. I, I think I've always treated my kids like they're young adults, so that I can have a conversation, and I think that's been pretty good. In the fact that I, I can have some decent conversations with my kids. Like, it's interesting. We went out for dinner the other day. Um, thank you, Andrew Tate, for some of the uh, really misbegotten values that some of my kids have around transgender. And, you know, that was a real conversation. Mm. And it was a, we were sitting in a restaurant having this robust conversation about transgender. And, you know, my middle child, who's a, pr- a little more uh, disagreeable kind of like me, um, but he would say something about, and my point was, what what does a transgender person do that affects you personally? Mm. You know, why can't you treat someone with dignity and respect? It doesn't mm. matter if they're trans, if they're mm-hmm. gay, if they think they're a unicorn, whatever that happens. And I was like, you know, and we were trying, I was trying to get that point across and it was really an interesting discussion mm-hmm. that, that was from a point perspective of a 13, a 15 and a 17 yeah, right. year old. And to see the difference between the 13 and the seven, the 17 year old was very quiet because he's, he's quite open to that stuff. Mm-hmm. The 15 year olds, it's sort of just that world dawning on him yeah. as, as he's blossoming into his adolescence and stuff, but that world's dawning on him. But I think Talking to them and and exposing them to a lot of things. Like, I've never really had rules with my kids around what they watch. Like, Mm -hmm. the only two rules I've got is I I don't mind sex and violence. I just don't like when those two things meet. So, most- I've watched violent movies. I've watched- But some of the manga cartoons they've got to steer away from. Uh, We don't. Mm, Yeah, probably. Mm. Yeah. And there. But that's, you know, I don't know if that's a parenting philosophy. I- I I took a bit of, because your kids are older than mine, I took a bit of, I was lucky enough to have two brothers who had kids before me and I could take some parenting advice. I could see wins and losses with my both my brothers. So Justin's ability to talk authentically to his kids and, and treat them as humans and really fight against, you know, as fathers, the patronisation of a kid um, in, in that conversation and talking down to them. I, I saw that a lot and I really valued that and I, I think I've tried to do that with my kids. Um, 
where you can just have an authentic conversation with them, mm. and and it does. And I, I think I took that into my work as well to go. The only difference between what I've got and you've got is knowledge, and I shouldn't diminish your ability to be in the conversation because of that. I just need to give you the knowledge to have the conversation. That's well said. Um, the only difference is knowledge. That's yeah. well said. Yeah. So, you know, as long as you've got the time and the energy and the information, you should be able to have the conversation with me. So let's give you those things. And, and that's up to me to provide, not up to anyone else. So my hope is to lift my kids to a level of understanding of topics that we've got a very solid base in them so we can devolve them, like we do at this table, into stupid and inane <laughs> Comments and get uncomfortable and make stupid jokes. But so we know that we're on a very strong basis of belief that we can undermine that belief or we can play around with that belief, but always land back of where we are. So, mm-hmm. you know, my eldest son has grown up with kids who are uh, gender fluid, who have uh, spectrum issues, who have, you know, all kinds of things. And he does, it doesn't even, it's not even on his radar. It's one of the things that's just, it is, you know, I'm playing with Crystal. Who's Crystal? He's a boy that, you know, we play online with. It's fine. But she is a, you know, he's really open with the, she likes, she likes a she pronoun, but is a male gendered human biologically. And he just, he just gets it all kind of, innately and I'm I've you know you just heard me struggle through that and it's still you know I I, I pick up that stuff from him and I kind of go actually at that point I can do some learning there mm-hmm. you can help me with some knowledge gap filling and and I think that's really fun mm. and then you go outside and you play lightsabers with them and that's fucking fun <laughs> oh yeah that's that's good fun too but I don't let them touch my toys that's wrong um one of the things I try and do with Laurel I I've always been big on chores. Like, to me, chores are something that a lot of kids don't ever know, learn how to do. Mm. Not until they leave home. And then- It's a mistake. It's them trying to figure out how to do stuff themselves with their own things, which isn't great life, life, man. Yeah. It's, yeah. So, I think that's an important thing. So, we've- Like, Lorelei- As soon as Lorelei was old enough to understand, she'd pack up her toys after- playing with them. Now- But you come from a house a that does chores. Everyone in your house does chores. Yeah. So that's you've got a useful benchmark there for everyone who just kind of yeah, your wife just, loves being clean. Yeah. You get in, you do you do work. I don't have that baseline here. I've got different levels of energy when it comes to maintenance in the house. Mm. Mm. My energy's spent. So so the ability for you to kind of set that basis with your children is really good, I think, because mm. it's kind of it's seen. Yeah. Yeah, it is I'm not I'm not generally a clean person off the top of my head. I had to learn that from when I moved in with my wife because yeah, right. she was she's very very clean compared to me. Who mm. I, I thought, yeah, this goes away, and that was it. But um, yeah, the other thing I try and do because I, I don't think Lorelai is quite up to the thing and having conversations yet. Mm. But the one thing I try and do, and this is just something I hate watching dads and mums do, is the um, just uh huh. When their kid is talking to them, ah uh, right. You know, not being engaged. What their yep. kid is saying. It doesn't matter if it's Ooh. a a why loop. You know, it, I think you they're asking questions. You should be answering them. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter if it's a thirty minute conversation that goes down this massive why loop. You know, if they're coming up with the time to ask the questions or tell you about something, you've got to come up with the time yeah. to be engaged and listen to them, and you know. 
be interested in what they're in. But you know? it's it's also some of the best parts because that's when you have the play conversations. Like mm. you talk about it and you're like, oh, you know, they, they talk about being a king and you're like, yeah. well, what would your kingdom look like? Or, yeah. you know, or they're, they're pretending to be something. And you're like, I want to explore your brain right now because at this point in time, you are unfettered, yeah. just yeah. total creativity. There is nothing constraining that. There's no, there's no shame to it as well. Like it's like, oh, that's a stupid idea. It's a bit, yeah. Yep. It, everything is on the table. I recently um, started watching Power Rangers again because yeah. it showed up on Netflix. So yeah. I went down the rabbit hole to the original series in the nineties. A big nostalgia hit, and Laurel, I walked in. And I thought, you know, she has always shied away from anything scary or conflict, mm. and she actually loves it. Mm. I'm like- It's bright and shiny. Yeah, it's PG. And instantly, yeah, she's started, you know, you can see her, I'm going to be the pink ranger. Yeah, so, right. But instead of being that pink ranger, she's the pretty princess pink ranger. Okay. Nice. <laughs> she's not that one. She's her own one. And yeah. it's like, that's great. You, you role play that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the other thing that I, I find important is not to just keep try and keep everything happy and light and bubbly and, you know, there's that thing of, I call it wiggle syndrome, where everything has to be happy and yeah. good and, you know, there's no depth to character emotions and I, we don't shy away from hard conversations about sadness or feeling down or problems in the world or, you know, that kind of stuff. I think that's really important to kind of build resilience emotionally to kind of go, yes, you feel sad and there's reasons why you feel sad and here's what's going on and let's talk that through. I think that's really important for us here Mm. to kind of spend that time to go, your full range of emotions here, you don't like that toy being taken away from you, there are consequences to behaviour or that thing broke or your friend doesn't like you anymore or whatever that is, let's not just kind of try and hide that with a bit of chocolate and and a, you know, a, bright TV show, let's kind of reconcile that properly. I think that's important. Luke? <laughs> it's interesting that you asked the question, actually, because <clears throat> the last couple of weeks I've been reflecting a lot on my parenting fails. Um, so I guess what I would add to this is is um, time on the clock, basically, spending time. doesn't matter – you know, the idea of screwing stuff up because we all do as parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you disengage, um, then you're, you you have no chance of actually building anything out of whatever you've started with or derailed or whatever. If you're just going to have those moments, which I can sometimes with my kids just want to be like, you know, what, I've had enough. I'm just going to walk away from this. But that ends up um, rapidly becoming something that I'm, you turn on because obviously you want to spend time with your kids. Mm. So one of the things we do now, like the last couple of weeks that we started doing, we used to do it a couple of years back. We stopped for some reason. I think it was probably because we moved house and a few other things went on. But on Sundays, we do a very British thing and have high tea. Oh, so cool. we'll do cakes and sandwiches and things like that on a three-tier cake stand. Awesome. Eat that, and then we'll go and watch a documentary on Netflix. Oh, wow. So yeah, the girls cool. have been pretty – well. At least my oldest has been pretty quick to push for like the David Attenborough sort of biology mm-hmm. stuff, which mm-hmm. I grew up on, what I've been really happy to do. But um, this term, she's got a curiosity project and she's doing something on volcanoes. So we ended up watching this documentary on volcanoes. and She loved it. Is and that the was, fire one? The, it's it's, it's the relatively new, but there's like, I think it's natural disasters. It's like four episodes or five okay. episodes. It's volcanoes, earthquakes, uh, typhoons, and a couple of others. I can't remember what they are. We've watched the earthquakes and the volcanoes one. Ava, who's nearly seven, 
was getting quite scared because mm. it's actually quite confronting when you yeah. start seeing some of this stuff, yeah, especially with volcanoes, enough. relatively recent ex- like um, events that have happened with very real people, obviously in the video footage and stuff like that. But it's been great to have those conversations about those sorts of things um, and see that kind of like, cur- talking about curiosity and mm. play, but like the idea of, which for me as a scientist is, is or science teacher now, but is, awesome because my kids are getting involved yeah. and, and excited about science mm-hmm. um and to see them really engaging because like elise is just like t- completely hooked into it yeah um has been great to sit in that space and have that time so yeah just just spending time especially like now as well because my daughters are very much into digital devices mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so i get home from work and it's, it's we're trying to get them away from this but it's like it's tv or it's games or it's something and there's very little time for you to engage. Yep. But I know that people talk about that, but then you think about our growing up. We had the TV. Like, they could talk about the idiot box. It's no different, except they have access to things they want to engage with. That That's the big difference. Like, I used to come home from school, I'd put the TV on, and we would stay on the TV till dinner time. Then we'd have dinner- and then it's the know, difference though that yeah. it's a shared experience that you're yeah. sitting there so with like, other people I, I talking about home. stuff. Yeah, and it was like four, five channels, yeah. one TV mm, in the yeah. house you in the living had room. Patience for so we would sit there and watch as a family things like Star Trek, things like Babylon Five, yeah. James Bond movies, or and like documentaries of David Attenborough, and it yeah. would be conversation would happen out yeah. of it. Yeah, it's very hard, and you'd now. watch the news or something. Yeah. You'd be pushed out of your comfort yeah. zone. Yeah, it's communality, right? Yeah, in your family. But it's really hard, like now where. I'll you know I'll get home and I've got Ava's playing on Wuduku mm-hmm. and then I, or or watching Bluey and then you've got Elise is off on another screen watching something else. It's it's a real compartmentalization of engagement. Yeah, fair enough. So in that sense, I find it yeah. difficult to manage the time with them. Yeah. So that's why like when they do the high tea kind of having that time check in time as a family, I think is super important. And I know because you were saying about Monday nights as well as your. Well, You're this month because we had a yeah, holiday, yeah. so but Friday nights is really my family yeah, family night. So yeah, Friday night has been movie night traditionally in our house, or has been a time where we engage together with something. And it's not always there's five of us in our house. So now it's sort of maybe it's one or two kids. Like you know, even last night the oldest didn't want to do it. He wanted to go do his own thing, and he's old enough. Go do your own thing. Um, so we engage with whoever wants to engage with that. But like on that device stuff, really interesting that I found in my experience is having the conversation with them and saying, what are you watching on YouTube? Like some of the, uh, like I I honestly went at one point, I asked this question thinking, here's going to be some inane crap that my kids are going to show me. And I'm like, show me what you've been watching on YouTube. Mark Rover comes on, mm. Hacksmith comes on. And I'm just like- these are the most amazing. Like, yeah. when when were you interested in chemical reactions? Like, you know, <laughs> like, and just watching these kids go, oh yeah, and this. Like, my my kid was talking about ages of extinction yesterday, and I was like, what the hell? And he's like, oh, they mentioned it at school, so I went and looked it up, and you know, and I'm like, you're actually smart little creatures that, yeah, that with access to information, yeah, and I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Like, and they they know I don't know anything. Man. <laughs> They we tell do, me all we've the banned time. YouTube in our house because um, there's an age for it, though. Yeah, I think. yeah. yeah. Elise would actually. We got to a point which we didn't realize until obviously a little bit late. Was Elise was using my account, and how I hooked into this was when I was at my job, and I uh, yeah, 
it came up with the feed of all the stuff that had been being watched when I was mm-hmm. using YouTube for a particular mm-hmm. thing. And it had all these, um, uh, like Barbie manicure videos or whatever mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff, which is fine. But when I went in and started looking at my account, what I didn't realize was Elise had actually figured out how to make and post her own video on YouTube on my account. Ah, uh, that's... Yeah, and it was only something... Her, it was her turning a t-shirt into a bag that she'd yeah. watched somewhere else and she was just playing around with it. But yeah. as soon as that was like, whoa, lockdown, yeah. not, no way are we doing anything like that now. Well, we've got... My youngest is like YouTube, like he goes deep into YouTube mm. and I'm just not sure what the filter is like on that and what he's watching yeah. and what he's not. And that's where where my concern is, is whether he can curate his own feed well enough mm. for it to be appropriate for him and his kind of emotional space and, and intellectual space. And some of the things he said, I think he's getting access to some things that we probably yeah. wouldn't have let him yeah. watch. But he's using those things respectfully yeah. enough as a kid. Yeah. And it's kind of it's making him into a a more rounded, wiser young man, I think, because he's getting access to stuff and now has to make his own choices on what he uses and what he doesn't and what's mm. appropriate and what's not. So there's some there's some wins on that and some, you know, yeah, tricks on that. Yeah. It, it, like you said, it's it's, it's- Exposing them at a time where they're a little bit more discerning. Because uh, yeah. I remember we when before all that happened with the cha- the the video posting, Elise came up to us and was all super pumped because she'd seen a video uh, with real life footage of a real life unicorn, and <laughs> um, it, it, uh, she was convinced, mm-hmm. like hundred percent convinced. Mm-hmm. And it, there was it was actually it took a few days to talk her down into the space yeah. of like that's not real. Yeah, and, and I was just like, if that's how you're going to get at this age about things, then it's probably not the right space for you to be playing yeah. around in. There's just an yet. emotional maturity that comes. Yeah, with. like like I was saying, Andrew Tate. Like, yeah, I know my kids are watching Andrew Tate videos, and I I personally do not like what he says. They we have robust conversations about what he says as mm-hmm. well, but they're they are at an age where they they can discern some shit. So, you know, I'm like, I trust that you've got the wherewithal to actually pick up, you know, on what's bullshit and make your own opinion on stuff. I worry, though, that their opinion is very influenced by- yeah, thing at the moment. It may be for as a, as a phase anyway. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's so like they and, say and the wrong got, thing. Yeah, to the wrong and then person. they then, then, yeah. then they get the 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 rep, the repercussions of yeah. having those views, and then the, they'll challenge that well, the mold other, that kind of space out that that space. Sorry, the other risk the is the it. echo chamber of that information. That if they're listening to it and their friends are listening to it, and there's no other voice, mm-hmm. that that it could just be reinforced and reinforced. Well, that's and reinforced. also what I worry about with things like YouTube uh-huh. because the 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 um, algorithm, if you're watching that, uh-huh. will start sh- shooting stuff, stuff at you back. from other people that are sharing those yeah. opinions as well. Yeah. So like, yeah. that in itself but becomes that, an echo that chamber. also right? comes with keeping it open. Like I talk to my kids. If you're talking to someone online yeah. in my house, you're inviting them into my house. Mm. So I want to know who you're talking to. I want to know. Mm. I want to have access to what you have access. At no point- if I ever ask a kid for their phone to go, I want to have a look through what you've been looking at YouTube. If they said no to me, that would be a bad day in my house. So that yeah. that is a rule that I'm like, I need to know what you're accessing. I need to know what's coming into my house and we need to be open. So, you know, and I know there's probably sneaking teenage boys. I know what they're sneaking to watch and all that kind of stuff. But there's enough of it that I'm like, yeah. 
I'm not going to let you watch a communist manifesto without having a conversation yeah. about why you're watching a communist uh-huh. man- manifesto. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I've had that conversation yeah. with one of my kids. Really? Like, well, I, I caught him watching beheading videos one day. Some One of his friends had sent him some, there's some website out there that shows, so there was a, a picture of a beheading. And I was like, what are you watching? Like, what? how do you feel about this? Interesting conversation. Very interesting conversation. Do you find your kids are policing each other as well, that there's a bit of that peer-to-peer kind of instruction? Mm. I'm getting that from Josiah what my eldest to my youngest. He kind of will help shape that viewability. And there's something, you know, Stephen, he- they introduced me to Stephen He, and I was like, "Oh, what's this?" And Uncle Roger is a bit on the on the, on the edge for me for Wilder some points, and you're like, "All right," but Josiah kind of will will help correct Wilder in terms of what's appropriate and what's not. Yeah, um, yeah. I it's different for boys. I have a weird view of boys. My idea is always you mm-hmm. take a group of males, you take the smallest IQ in that group and divide it by the number of males in the group and that's the IQ of the group. Oh, yeah. shit, we're fucked. Yeah, that's right. So, and that is every group of males. So, if anything, what a my, my boys, are, <laughs> my boys are, are fucking each other up. So, yeah, it's-, uh, it's No, there. look at this table. We're at five. Single digit. I just did it. We're at five. Single digit. And and you had to count on your fingers and toes to get there. (laughs) Lindsay, what have you- uh, You've been very quiet. It's- I, well, I said some stuff. Yeah, I know you have. It was me that was quiet, to be honest. No, but Lindsay hasn't said anything for a while. My my kids can't really- And she doesn't know how to work the TV. What do you, you know. what do you hope though? Like, yeah, if you think about the parent you want to be or the thing that you want that you hold dear, what is the thing that you're, you're like, this is something I need. Like you've talked chores and stuff. Yeah. But- as I said, communication and engagement are the two things yeah. I want to keep yeah. open with my girls as they grow up. I know that might be something that as being the father won't be something that I will necessarily get until mm-hmm. they pass their teenagers. But no, you, know, you will, you will. Karen? Yeah, no, 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 I get no. that with my girls now, some conversations. And it's so important to make sure, I'm certainly, I, I'm going to, I don't know how unpopular this is going to make me, um, but certainly with girls, I think having those avenues of safe, um, comfortable conversations so that they feel that they can come to you with issues. Yeah. Because mm. the worst, the last thing I want for me, for my girls, is them to be going through, and I'm, I'm thinking of something specific here, Um them to be in a situation where they feel they can't say anything. Yeah. that That's kind of the thing I want to stop. But like, um, yeah, as I said, for me, it's all still very new. Like I saw only today my first tantrum for wanting to watch a specific episode of Bluey. Well, you wouldn't know. Well, no, I just wasn't on. Oh, right. <laughs> I was like, fuck. <laughs> I'm like, what episode did you want to watch? She wanted to watch the newest one, which was about holiday. Okay. And I'm just like- it's not on. So she chucked a tantrum and then it's that, do I go put the episode on to make her happy mm. or do I just go, this is what's on TV at the moment. I can't help you with that. That's a, that's the hard line sometimes, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the trick about going safety. We always were like, that's the safe, you want to be the safe space for your kids. You're looking mm. after them so they need to be able to talk to you. Mm. And where's the boundary between going, uh, you're being a little shit right now, mm-hmm. suck it up. But and or I can provide exactly what you want, but it's probably not healthy for you. Yep. Where do you make that call? Yeah, what, what you just, want is not what's good for you. Or yeah. you know, if she's going to watch an episode of Bluey anyway, she can watch the episode she wants, but she has to ask for it rather than 
tantrum just yeah. because it's not on. Mm-hmm. And so. the, the consequences of tantrum yeah. sometimes is, well, now I take the device because- yeah. So, I'm these are all things I'm learning yeah. to deal with and I haven't, you know, haven't figured them out yet. So. <laughs> I don't think you ever figure them out because no. yeah. they're, they're wily little creatures and they change daily. And you change as well. Like, you know, we're, we're educators. Sometimes I get home, the last thing I want to do is deal with teenagers because it's yeah. my job as I, well. I and I have no, like, I sometimes at work I am the most patient person on the face of the planet and I have zero of that. For, like, you know, they'd say yep, the cobbler's, yep. the cobbler never brings his home, the cobbler's kid has no shoes. I, I get like my, my kids are dumb. And I have no patience for uh, yeah, them. That's the worst, so, the worst part. The that's, a, that's a flippant joke. But that, that's, you know, but no, that's the I, worst I, part it's, of it's me. True. I get my wife to fix my phone when I get home mm. from because I am I do IT. I don't yeah. want to fix You don't want to do stuff. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you, you tapped out of that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I want to circle around something you said, Luke, around reflecting on your mistakes. Like I often used to talk to Mikey um, around like bad parenting moments, 7,000, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we, we would say like, you know, what you do and i think i think it's really easy to dwell on all the mistakes you make because there is going to be mistakes because you're dealing with a well, with a learn, malleable right? this thing and and what what is the rule this week mm. cannot be the rule yeah. next week like it can ch- it's a shifting sand and your mood and their mood and this and it's so many variables that go into it so i think it's my my thing is it's really important to go acknowledge the things you want to learn from like you know that time you lost your shit and you you Go, you walk away and went, oh, fuck, I didn't handle that very well. Like, and then you go back and then you have to explain to the kid or apologize and mm-hmm. say, I was frustrated. I shouldn't have talked like that, you know, and all that kind of stuff and eat some humble pie and talk through it, but try and make it, and you try and make it the learning moment. But I think if we dwell on that too much, sometimes we don't take the chances because we think I'm going to fuck up as a parent. And, you know, and then you read a, a study that says there are three things you can do that can yeah. have lasting effects on your kid. And I'm like- that's actually quite freeing to know that you know, as long as your kid knows they love that you're, they're loved and that they're going to be fed and looked after, yeah. like that's that's important. My biggest concern is I I know I I am very confident and um that they're going to turn out all right in that sense. My my yeah, deepest met Sarah. my deepest yeah <laughs> my deepest fear really is that I won't have a relationship with them, and that's the thing that worries me the most when I screw these things up. S- Frequently, especially with Elise, um, uh, which is something that's been a deep discussion between me and Sarah over the last couple of weeks, especially. Uh, I think a lot of it is because she's very, Elise is very similar to me and there's mm-hmm. an immediate clash straight mm-hmm. off the bat and there's nothing like, she's the mm-hmm. she's the one that, she, uh, a word, a look, and yep. I go from naught to 100 yep. in the blink of an the eye. The one that knows to push your buttons. That's right, yeah, yep. and likes to do it as well or seems yep. to. Yep. Um, my concern, and this is why I was saying it's so much so important to spend that quality time as a family together and have those positive moments. Yeah, my concern is the negative moments are going to build up over time and result in a very fractious or insubstantial relationship with her. But you won't let that happen. Well, no, I, I, I can't, but my worry, I can't force that not to happen. Does that make sense? I can't, I can't. But you show up every day. Yeah. That's the thing. And that's the thing, like having these, those moments together. And I do, we do have moments which is me and her as well. that are really good. Yeah. Um, and conversations and things like that. So I know that I'm not in that space just yet, but there is a fear of mine that lurks in the background, like, a circling shark in the ocean it's like i wonder about that because i look back at my childhood and i look back maybe with rose-colored glasses but 
I'm sure my parents were tools at some point, but I can't remember one moment where they did not love me mm. and I don't feel that. I can remember many, many times and their moments and their insubstantial and inconsequential moments where I knew my parents spent time with me. And it's, you know, I remember driving to gymnastics with my parents and they oh, would did that all the time. Not you and <laughs> you were never in the car in my memory. Oh, um, but I remember those moments and there were nothing, but they were everything at the same time. See, I have a very different situation with that. Whereas um I have um no I love my parents, um, but my dad I have a very strained relationship with. Um and talking about it now, it's just making me realize actually none of that is actually to do when I was younger. Yeah. Because all those things you just said, I experienced as well. It wasn't until after I went past 18, uh, between the ages of, I guess, of 18 and 24, maybe some stuff happened that, that, that really is what made it difficult. I think yeah. once you hit 14, 15, then values start to play and yeah. you can have different 100%. values and that's a thing. Yeah. But the, the whole turning up and loving them yeah. thing doesn't mm. shift until, you know, that- up until There's, the age of 13, that's real. I mean, I still have a relationship with my dad. Yeah. And we love each other dearly. But I guess what I'm saying is it's not where I would like it to be. And yeah. we are working on that. And it's certainly not how I would like my relationship with my children to be well, at, the, at the stage that I'm at now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. it makes perfect sense. Uh, uh, sorry, Lynn, you go. Uh, there's definitely two phases, I think, for being a kid and being a parent. And that is, there is a point, obviously, when you move away and all that kind of stuff. And if your parents don't treat you, if they still, like, treat you like their little boy, you know, or the screw-up kid or whatever, mm. you're going to resent that. So, there's also that knowing that point of when I think that they're <laughs> of a decision-making stage that you need to go, okay, step back. You're going to learn from your own mistakes rather than forcing you to, you know, without going into what. What, what the issues are with your father. Like, I, it took me a while for me and my dad to figure out our new dynamic yeah. when I was a working man and, uh, you know. When you're, when you're two adults rather yes, than an adults. adult and a child. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, I'm facing the cusp of this with a 17-year-old, you know, mm. the moment of, of, like, there are moments where I'm looking at him and I'm like, I know what you should be doing, but I'm not going to tell you because yeah. you, I, know, parent, I need yeah. to trust that I've done my, like, there's yeah. a there's a moment where I'm like, I've, you're, the, the, my, you're the product of the can of stuff I've shoved into, like, the knowledge yeah. and the, and I've got to let you do the shit and you've got to fall on your ass a couple of times and you you know and that's hard though when you can see it coming a mile away and you're like oh god but they've got to go through that yeah mm. yeah they got to at risk of belaboring the conversation i've also seen dimity's got a very strange relationship with her mother um they haven't spoken for quite some time and and i think that's because again when dimity was older her mother never took on a mother role in my in my view, that she always wanted to be treated like the the patriarch or matriarch of the the family and be given all of the kudos for being a parent, but didn't put the work in. Okay, she didn't do the work to turn. Mm. She didn't turn up. She didn't, you know, she didn't value that relationship and put the effort into that relationship, but expected the reward out of it. So I think I think there's a thing of going as a parent, you've got to put the effort in to get that that payoff back, and the payoff is immeasurable if you do, and it's devastating if you don't. Mm. Yeah, it's. 
Thanks for a difficult question, Justin. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> that's a podcast full of. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and for those of you like, it, I am interested in other people's philosophies in this because it's always nice to hear. There's plenty of people online that I follow, but you hear good stuff. You hear the oh, the parenting this, or you hear the flippant dad, or whatever. But uh, the people in our community are parents, and and it is communal sometimes, and you learn from your pe- friends. Like, yep. you know, my kids have great friends and you can tell a lot about a person by the company they keep which is telling at this table but you know to watch other people parent is also really it's a lesson for me because you go far out they're so good at that they are so good at just being patient or just being there or like high tea i freaking love that idea like i can't do that with three boys but High T is something that, like, it used to be Nerf guns or forts yeah. or whatever, mm. and I've lost that in, mm. in the world. You know, I was just thinking we stopped doing dance parties after dinner because everyone wanted to do their own thing, but now we're playing games at dinner today. We had a oh, great game nice. of I Spy, yeah. Yeah. you know, and we're all playing the same. Yeah, hilarious. Everyone's having a great time at the table. The thing we've done, sorry, just to add this on at the end, is that um, Sarah was doing a, a study on um, the Sabbath, their rest and how important that is. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we've taken to doing now, we've challenged it. So on Sundays, we, there is no work to be done in the house. So there'll be no putting on washing, no dishwashing, mm. or not even loading or unloading the dishwasher. Nothing that even resembles any kind of work mm-hmm. uh, with the aim of rest, but also to allow that time to be spent together as a family without being distracted That's by beautiful. doing other things. So yeah. another one of those is like no phones, just leave the phones alone, just put mm, the phones yeah. away. And like this Sunday, we're, it's rock. It's a rocky start because it's actually a lot freaking harder than you yeah. realize to, mm-hmm. to not do those things that you're so used to cramming into that time, which should be your time off. Um, so we, Uno, oh. we just hit Uno up the four of us around awesome. the table. It was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. It was absolutely it's awesome fun. just yeah. to play Uno and yeah. like just watching everybody crack shits because yeah. there's nothing divides a family more, in my opinion, <laughs> than a game of Uno. Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. Uno, yeah, yeah. No, Monopoly. That's just, yeah. Did Will win? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think uh, Uno won. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah so Thanks, Mattel. That's uh, certainly something that we're we're moving into that space and obviously with the high T and things like that mm. is- um, Advise us, people out there. Tell us yes, what you're doing. Yes, any of you car keys out there that want to give us some <laughs> more advice? No, no, the car keys and the markies. The mummies? What are the- a gaggle? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh easy. Easy. Yeah. easy. Oh, God. Sorry. Parents. Sorry. Any parents out there? No, thanks, Lindsay. <laughs> Sorry, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to this game. So- Shall I hit record? <laughs> <laughs> Where we left last time, you guys had leveled up. So I just want to hear very oh, quickly. Fuck. We're going to go around Can the I circle. Just, yeah, Brett, Brett is going to fuck. He's going to hate me in a minute. You are going to hate me. <laughs> so we're fifth level, right? Yep, fifth so level. It's fifth, fifth level. level. Uh-huh. We're we're getting some powerful. We're in the we're in the joys get of a D and D character. <laughs> just get um, fucked. Let's let's start it with Brett. Yep. <laughs> so we don't know uh, any increase. Better. Yeah. I get an extra attack. Woo! Oh, so you get one now. <laughs> what effective one. <laughs> okay. So. Did you go up as a barbarian? I did. You were go- talking I about did- going up as a paladin at one point. Well, <laughs> look, yeah. if I went up as a barbarian, a paladin, 
it would also get an extra attack. <laughs> so, you know, I'm still the, the bitter pill is large. Yeah. Um, no, I get an extra attack without having to go frenzy or rage. So I can do two attacks okay. around. Yeah. If I frenzy, I get the third attack around. Well, that's so, pretty good. Well, there's a lot of uh, yeah. There's there's a trade off trade off in yeah. that. Um, and then I still got you know the other things that you know let me roll multiple dice Hit points. On. We haven't rolled that. Oh, yet. that's right. We do that on air. Yeah. What else? Well, like, do your base attack goes up? Like, There's is this no base attack, when does Justin? the no when base the, no? But when does the proficiency, you know, proficiency goes bonus level, yeah. goes up this level? To yeah. Did plus it? Three? Does it? Mine did. Oh yeah, so I'm at plus five to hit now. Look oh, at yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, plus three. Yeah, you're plus five to hit. Shut up, fuck okay. up. Okay, okay. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. What is it? How are you only at plus five? What is your strength? My strength is uh, fifteen plus two. Plus two, so then plus five. Because I went for a con-based character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thinking I would need Must, to. So you, we need to get you some kind of weapon that will. Okay, all right. Well, it, the, uh, the, the idea there was con-based because there was no healing in the party. Yeah. Oh, that was why I fly, I'm flying. Yeah, because yeah, I stay away from everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we'll do. We'll we'll do hit points. Do you want to do hit points now or all together? Like we'll do them one after the other. I'm, I'm easy either way. Let's do it. Actually, let's do it now. So okay, we roll so the same thing. We get to roll it again. Twelve. Right? Twelve. Twelve. So if we roll the same thing, we'll re-roll. Seven. Twelve. Oh, there nice. you go. Yes, beautiful. You want that. And I add my con, which is my big stat. So that's plus three. That's plus so what's your 15 hit points. Oh, 15 is no, decent. So that gets me to 67. Wow. Nice. Holy. All right, Bard. Because there's no uh, healing in Bardy. So I, my Bardic Inspiration dice goes up to a D8. Okay. So oh. if I now inspire you guys, I roll a D8. You get the D8. When do you, what, what, what's this Bardic Inspiration? I don't. I can't recall that. Yeah, what he does instead of healing, guys. <laughs> I usually use that to do cutting words and save myself oh, yeah, from yeah. taking damage. You, you don't get- His bardic inspiration is an inner monologue, so we don't get to hear it. That's what it is. <laughs> well, it's because I only get four of them. No, no. I think cutting words is perfect. I yeah. think you know, don't, yeah. don't let us detract you from- Ta- not it, taking like, but look, we don't a, give Brett shit for this building is the a shit other character. reason <laughs> I haven't been doing it is that I only ever went on a long rest, except at level five, it's a short rest or a long oh, rest. Yeah, they now. So you get so to reset games. after a short rest. Yes. Now. So I can, I'm going to be using. Oh, you got more a day now. Basically, yeah, as long as we rest, short yeah, rest yeah. often, that's good. We'll, we'll be good. And then it's just a third level spell. I get a okay. third level spell. Well, that's all right. Oh, third level spell. Oh, shit. It works differently. I just realized exactly you why no idea was coming. Just is so happy. <laughs> it's actually, I just realized something a minute ago, and it's nothing to do with that because that I knew already. But just, yeah. But yeah. So I took Dispel Magic. Oh, nice. That's mm. very good. Yeah. That's very There's good. There's no healing spells at level three. All right. What's, uh, what's your hit dice? Eight. Eight. Ugh. Well, it's only up from there, right? Five. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What, so what does that put your hit points at with your um, con bonus and stuff? That takes me to 35. Oh, okay. Okay, I see I see, I see. see an upside. This for is, yeah, this is yeah, yeah. You wow. that, that is almost double. Double, double. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. All right, Nycran. Well. Well, 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 well. Fireball. Can I just say, um, and, and any other time that I'm going to start playing uh, 5e, I want to start at fifth level. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> a fifth shit level, just got mad. Fifth level barbarian? <laughs> so, okay, proficiency bonus went up to plus three. Yeah. Happy days. So um, your attack bonus is now? Plus six. Yeah. My to hit. That's 
the spell. I don't know. That's like, the spell who, to hit. Yeah, who wants to punch anything, right? Or yeah. I, I'm yeah, worried about spells. Yeah. Right? Flying in the in the sky. Yeah. So I've now got. Um, where are we? Uh, let's go to there. I've now got five sorcery points. Yeah. So um, uh, basically, now what I can do because I also have gained two level third level spell slots as well. <laughs> Two. Two. Lightning bolts. Yes. So now, with those um, sorceress points, I could use all five to create basically another third level spell slot. Oh, wow. So I can cash them all in and go, right, I have another third level spell, or I can use uh, three of them to get a second or two to get a first. So depending on the strength of the, sorry, the level of the spell. um, Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, And I just realized as well, I had no idea about this. This has been here the whole time. and I've just actually realized it's something that I can actually do. Uh, The (laughs) metamagic empowered spell. (laughs) I've got something that I can do. So when you you roll damage for a spell, you can spend one sorcery point to re-roll up to Three dice. Now, this is going to be important in a minute when I read you the rest of the stuff that I've got, okay? Uh, metamagic or subtle spell. So when you cast a spell, you can spend one sorcerer's point to cast it without the S or V components. Okay. So if I'm underwater and I can't speak, I can yeah. spend a sorcery point to then still cast a spell. Or so it'd be like magic middle. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, for my... big vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> for my third level spell... I took fireball. Yeah, of course you do. What, yep. what else Why are you, you of right? course, yeah. Um, uh, but surely Dex- fireball isn't DC big De- in 5e. Isn't 5d6? It is 150 foot range, first yep. of all. Yep. Uh, it's a deck save of 14d6, yep. and it's 8d6. <laughs> With a <laughs> at well at third level at third level uh, yeah with a twenty foot sphere uh, yeah uh, area foot diameter or radius yeah, no, yeah. so I get two of those but the, the real kick in the nuts for me just well I say kick in the nuts in the in the nice way if you like that kind of thing uh, is that all my cantrips have doubled their damage so my fireball is now two d ten each time Fucking, forever what's the point. <laughs> Forever. Why would you not just build a party of like magic users? I just noticed my great axe doubled in fuck all. Thunderclap man, 2d6 of damage. Take that, mister. I got an extra attack. (laughs) That happens with my stuff as well, yeah. I literally just, I was like, 2d10, what's going on there? Oh, okay. Wow. So not only that, all day. 2d10 all day, no repercussions. My burning hands. 120 feet. My burning hands at first level is now 3d6. Far out. Uh, Second level, my Agnazara Scorchers is now 3d8. Burning hands at at second level is 4d6. Yeah. You know what what my biggest worry is? What? That we're going to go through all this and we're going to. It's called the Dragon of Ice Spy Keep. It's going to be a one-round kill. <laughs> that, that is my prediction. You guys oh, are going to get there. All over again. Yeah, you I guys really, are going to get there, and it's just going to be the most. You guys are just going to be like, and I'm about. That's dead. Thanks. Well, thanks for coming. Dragon of Ice by Keith. It won't be Moranius. Yeah. He can't kill a were rat, let alone a dragon. Yeah. So I've been reading Terry Pratchett Discworld, and I have been. I love the magic in that. How they learn the spells, and they only can cast each spell once. But if the wizard dies, every spell that wizard has learnt gets cast automatically. 
Oh, How good would that be for a not great. D&D mod? Not great when you're standing next to your companion who... <laughs> you've fireball. just, I'm just thinking, fireballs it. Fireball oh. and I roll three ones. I get to re-roll those with a sorcerer's point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> or, oh. or if you're All a right, halfling. What's, what's your damn hit points? What, no, that's only on D6. Yeah, I think I'm D6. D6? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, one. Oh, two. Fantastic. Oh. Gross. Let me All right, that so in. what does that give you? Uh, what, how many so hit points that is going to give me. Is it my con I add to that? Yeah. Yeah, con bonus. Uh, 34. Wow. Okay, so I, I see the benefits of a barbarian because you need those hit points. Because for being, you, you're right you're up in- You're going to stay some, there and yeah. keep hitting and keep hitting and you're try right and get through. You're right in someone's face and you're like, yeah. oh, I should probably take all this damage while uh, other people are doing the effective stuff. Away. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're, they're being effective. Oh, I've just got to stand here. And the other thing a barbarian does get, which, you know, I'm not saying it's good, but in rage it's half damage for most yeah. things. So, you know, that's effectively 100 points, a right? meat shield. Yeah. I was going to take a point in cleric mm-hmm. uh, because, like, the level ones, you get a lot of cool stuff. But then I realized I wasn't wise enough to become a cleric. Oh. And no, it made me we've sad. We've seen that as you're role playing and stuff. So mm. we, we zoom back in and JR Lockwood. So, JR, so basically what we did last session is we did some looting and we had a rest. Uh-huh. So I had made this. Um, I'm not going to read it out this session because we've gone so long on our dicey question, but JR spent the evening writing his last will and testament. So I've actually written it out as a legal document. Okay. We're <laughs> as close to a legal document well, you're gonna have to post in, a, that. in a D&D world as possible. We're going to so, have to post it. Um, I'm going to read that out next session because okay. I think we've already spent enough time on our dicey question. But yes, we 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 were exploring the manse. We contacted uh, Logan and told him that the orcs were coming we got some loot and we- Falcon, right? Falcon. Yep, Logan. Yeah. <laughs> Logan, Falcon. <laughs> Logan, and, Falcon. Um, yeah, and then we had a sleep and we leveled up. Okay, and that, that brings you- So, basically, you spent the entire night. So, you guys got here to the this woodland mansion in the middle of nowhere, an old wizard's uh, a laboratory or a, a place where wizards might go to- to teach other budding wizards, a wizard repository, if you Ooh. will. Um, a wizard suppository. <laughs> I knew you'd go there. Uh, you've been here for a night. You've spent the night here. The, the, the well still seems to have vines growing out. They're still very luscious. They're still very green. But there seems to be a different air about the, the space in that courtyard. You probably still don't want to go down there. It's still dangerous. Um, but- Unless you want a big fight with with something, but there, you know, you, you know that that nature may have taken control rather than something that, of a magical uh, kind, if that makes sense. The objective here was to stop the orcs from rallying. I think we've done that. Now it's time to get back to Falcon's Hollow and support any um, response back back at that holdout. Indeed, excellent idea. Uh, let let's Just set off, shall we, Ophelia? Ophelia? Yes. Oh, good, you're still here. I couldn't hear you. She said yes. I thought she might have used that time to, yes. you know, go away. <laughs> Are you coming back to Falcon's <laughs> Hollow with this, Ophelia? Yeah. Right. Okay. Off we go. All right. And you start walking, uh, you know, again. We've you, got horses, don't we? You leave 
<laughs> you leave the Mike front. Take to the air. <laughs> you go. You go out to the pumpkin patches. Uh, just make a perception check for me. You can carry me, Nikon. Remember, whether I want to. Um, I'm just um, blinded by my own brilliance. Twenty four, Jr. Twenty or twenty four. 20. Okay. And 18 for Meridius. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to make that yeah, clear. Yeah. clear. 18 for. <laughs> <laughs> um, you notice the boars are all gone. Mm. So you don't see any of the boars here. Oh, I was looking forward to uh, taking back a trophy for the dinner table. Mm. That's a shame. Uh, any tracks or they just... Oh, you can see the tracks of the like. There's still the the sign of boar around the place, but you just again they're they're just not in the patch. They're not eating the pumpkins. They're Should not we take some pumpkins back to the, the dinner table? Well, they were magical. Ah, uh, like the mushrooms. I don't want them then. Is there any way? Can I make? Can I? Um, I can try my new magic spell. <laughs> I was gonna say, can I do an arcana check on the pumpkins to see why they're magical? Mm-hmm. Let's do that. So, is this a detect magic? Oh, um, hang on. A corner off. Is there such a thing as a detect magic? <laughs> <laughs> there is. Uh, yes. Okay. Go on. We'll do a, do a detect magic. Do All right. We? Yeah. Hang on. Didn't I? No, hang on. I think I did that before, and you went, "Yes, they're magical. They're magical." No, I don't know that you cast a detect magic. You kind of looked at them with your. Did you have an aura sense or something? No. He detected magic. Oh. I did, yeah, I'm pretty well, sure. Well, then I did. we would have gone. It's a transmutation <laughs> yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. and then you were like, "Oh, we should stay away from these pumpkins because you were about to jump we, onto a roof at the time." We, I, I think we were worried well. about the boars being something else being yes. transformed into. Yes. Yeah. yeah, and Frank was distracting us. Beer, <laughs> we hoppy beer. forward, lots of beer. It was very hoppy forward that thing. So yes, they are very, very magical. They have a dimora. By very, uh, di- by very, I mean dim aura. <laughs> right. um, so yes, you think that there there is something transmutational oh. about them. We should we should if they do turn people into pigs or things into pigs, you know what we could do? So we could grab some pumpkin, feed it to an ant, and then when it turns into a pig, we kill it and we have pig. So hang on, when you, you mean can transmutational, do I mean do you mean that it's it's something that was something else that's transmutated into the pumpkin? No, it's or? come. It's in the so the whatever magical effect it has is from the school of transmutation, right? So you know how there's like divination and illusion, yes. and tra- yes. so it's a transmutational spell. Okay. Do you spend some time sure. studying? Sure. Okay. This um, is where I end all this massive firepower, and I end up turning into a pumpkin. Yeah. So have you ever watched um, Willy Wonka? Yeah. There's a character in Willy Wonka called Violet. And when Violet eats a particular type of thing, she turns Violet and she grows into a big round kind of, then they have to put her in the juice after. Yeah. Yep. That does not happen to you. Okay. Cool. Um, you now know that as an action, you can carve open a pumpkin and you think that the seeds within have healing powers. Oh, bazinga. Okay, let's- uh I'll tell um, Maradius that. Be careful, though. <laughs> Too many may have an adverse effect. Mm. We should leave them here. You don't want to take some of the seeds? Well, I mean, I like seeds. Apparently, no one else heals in this party. This is true. It's not apparent. <laughs> oh, it's not apparent. Look, if you want to take some pumpkins, we could take some pumpkins, but I'm not sure I fully trust them. Uh, I'm going to crack one open mm-hmm. and, and harvest the seeds. You get six servings of seeds. Six servings? Yeah. I love seeds. Yeah. 
He eats all six. What I've done in the last week is- Yeah, I go to put them on a page and I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Makes a bell out of them. (laughs) Yeah, stick them together. (laughs) Sticks them together and make a big bell. I just went back to the uh, character creation because we were levelling up and noticed that I don't trust magic. Very yeah, well, right. and, and don't like to sleep next to magic, which is why you always go up to the rafters. And that's I'm right. happy about that. Yeah, mm. no, that's my own choice. It's not because of you. I'm also magical. Yep, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I make my cloak billow dramatically, <laughs> as you can do now. Yep, yep. Uh, just stands hands on hips, cloak billowing. Um, All right, and you start moving towards the uh, back towards Falcon's Lodge. Is that where we're correct. headed? So we're going back fly. to the manse. Yep, of course. So um, you start coming here. Um, I do let f- I get the sending stone out and just tell Falcon we're on our way. Yeah. So his is to the to the, from the west. So you have to head east. So you start moving in an easterly direction um, through the woods. Can I just get a percentile dice from okay. somebody? Before we do this, yeah. I had a dream last night. Uh-huh. Roll it first, but don't say the result. Is it a 69? That, <laughs> that was his dream. Yeah. Luke did this, Yeah, and it was very, very bad for us. Okay. Great. Us, mate, 8d6. Can <laughs> <laughs> you just turn it down? Yeah, yeah. It's almost as bad as Lindsay going, yeah. oh, my God, you can't just kill me. What, <laughs> yeah, what, what comes <laughs> right. And yet here he is still. What what comes before a fall and how far can your character fall from that height? It's never you two that will die. (laughs) That's true. Hey, I got a pocket full of seeds. I'm good to go. I got my will written out and ready to go. I rolled a, uh, oh, 14. A 14. Yeah, I was reading that bit of a round. I was like, a 40-10? No, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) Yeah. Now, you start moving through the the forest of the Neverwinter Wood, um, and it is is as you saw. Remember, it was quite foggy and rainy Mm -hmm. on the way here. The the rain seems to have dissipated. It's kind of the mugginess of rain is still around, or the dampness of rain, and and you can see the wet leaves and the the, of that are all over the ground. But there is, uh, you know, you 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 travel on your way. You don't see my dream. was a dragon. Too many things, except the dragon, (laughs) and we all die. There's a moment. When Ophelia raises a hand, she's just sort of walking near you and she put a, puts a hand up. Easy love, you've only got one of them. And it is, it's a stump. She raises her stump um, with a metallic hand on it, setting to stop. And then she bends down and does the finger to you. Uh, you, all of you, with your, she passive, you stumping. with your passive perception, you hear a kerfuffle just off into the <laughs> kerfuffle <laughs> just off the off the road in the in the middle of the woods you can hear like a, a thudding noise easy, and you can hear and you can hear <laughs> as if it's, there is some kind of High battle jinx. taking place go on Nikron. i'm not going near those shenanigans <laughs> I'll come with, but you, you, you are. I, I'm in the air, actually. Uh, I'm quite a ways up. Yeah, never mind. Okay, Maradius, let's go. The, go check out this. These noises. Okay. Well, you know, it might be Logan. <laughs> Maradius will shake his head and start walking as quietly as possible, mm-hmm. taking his time to try and see what he can see. Well, we're stealthing. What is? Good luck, because you have stealthy boots now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, hey, let's I'm, stealth it. 
Mm-hmm. You see Ophelia immediately go to a defensive crouch. She puts a hand crossbow, attaches it to the stump, and she kind of f- disappears almost in some of the woods as she starts to move towards the uh, towards the din. 24-4, JR. Yep, JR, you start <laughs> to do that. 24-4. you JR got a 24. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. I got rolled, a, that was a natural 20. I rolled a five, which gave me a six. But with boots of elven kind, mm-hmm. they roll advantage, which then got me a natural 20 Beautiful. for 21. Okay. You would have said seven. Nice. <laughs> which got me eight. I would have been choice. Which so, gets me so, eight. So let us go and find out what this hoo-ha is all about. <laughs> this hullabaloo. You move through through the woods a little bit. So there is tree canopy. For you, Nikron, it's going to be very difficult. Uh, like you have to get through the tree canopy yes, yes. in order to move or you can just uh, you, you can you, pair you, along yeah, is uh, it in- sort of on treetops like in the boughs. It's quite large trees here. Yep. So you can fly between the trees and keep an eye on your compatriots or you would have to break over the canopy of the trees and lose sight of your but is there any way to, party. I, I, is the canopy easy to traverse through coming down? Yeah, I mean, like trees, you just have to go through there. But the problem for you is line of sight. So, okay. that you would break so, line of sight. So, really. one more options I can be under the canopy or yeah, under the canopy? You have to, yeah, so essentially. under the canopy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you're flying under the canopy between, yeah. trees, between which, trees, which kind of slows you down a little yeah. bit because we'll you have to duck and dive. Yeah. And, but I'm and keeping a bit of a distance because they're stealthing. I see what's yeah. going on. I'm assuming if you told me this on the stones. Yeah, I said we're going to go look out, check out this hurly burly and see what's going on. Can't. We can't talk to you about the to-do that's coming up because of the stone being with Logan. Oh, yeah, true. Uh, all right. You could have landed and whispered it. Nikron, no. you see this a little bit before your compatriots do as they break into a small clearing in the in the forest. There's a little circle, copse of trees that, that has a small clearing in the middle of it. In the middle of the small clearing, you see a horse uh, carrying what looks like a, a quite a large um, spear. Uh, or a pike, as it would the be horse known, was carrying uh, a as spear? it would be known, in his human-like hands that protrude from his torso, which comes from the front. So hang on, it's he a is horse? not an actual horse. Okay, he is a just hung cent- like one. He is horse a ass. centaur. He a is centaur. Yes, he is fighting um, s- s- another creature that looks like a hybrid creature that somewhat um, is is part humanoid, but also uh, parts, uh, you can see it has very uh, boorish characteristics. Um, very similar because you were in the room with uh, Miradius when he defeated the Stormbringer, the, you know, the guy that you cut his head off? Yeah. Yeah, in the last, in the Woodland yep, Mance. The big guy. Something that looks like that. So oh. you know how he- I thought he was an orc. He had some animalistic, it looks oh. like that. that has, he's an orc that looks very similar to that, but he's- Halfway through some kind of change into into a pig like character, oh. kind of like Pigsy from uh, Monkey Magic. What do we- mm. Um, mm. And they're fighting the two of them. So can I take? Can I? Can I do something? Or yes, you certainly so, can. I'm so at this, this point, you guys, all all of our all, the entire party, sort of stumble out there just because you've got height. You see it. You are able to see it first. You can see the pike get pushed to, and this uh, boar-like creature with the with those tusks on its fists trying to scrape at the boar, and the two are engaged in a mighty battle. If you would like to intervene, now is a good time. 
for you to roll some type of initiative. Um, can I, um, while this jiggery pokery is going on, is there <laughs> any way that I can- um, I have regrets. <laughs> Please don't. This is just choice. Um, do, what do I know about centaurs? Are they- Centaurs are good races. A good race, yes. yes. So, so a, centaur, I, I, a centaur is a good race. Okay. Uh, all right. Maradius, what did you get for your, uh, for your initiative, please? Elevens. Okay, J.R. Lockwood. 23. Uh, Nikron. Uh, nine. I'm getting very worried. My dice are not with me tonight. Aren't they? No. You oh, get to roll a lot of them. Yeah, so I was going right. to say, I don't think you need that. No, the D20s I don't get to roll a lot of. I don't oh, think gee, you. that's single digits every time. Okay, 23. J.R. Lockwood, you get to go first here. Um, how far away am I? So you break out. You're probably within sixty feet of this. Uh, it's not a large clearing. I am going to cast a vicious mockery at the porcine figure, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be like, "What's all this hogwash?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. And I need a um, so on point. Well <laughs> you are so on point. That is a wisdom save of eighteen. No, nothing happens. Nothing happens? No. Okay, so uh, it makes it save. That brings us down in initiative order. You see the two combatants both take their turns. The first thing happens is the uh, porcine creature, which is a lo- lovely and apt description, um, uses both of its uh, its clawed gauntlets. As you can see, its porcine kind of features starting to fade back more to becoming uh, a, an orc, if oh, an you orc. will. It is an yeah. orc. All right. Yeah, or a half orc. It's a humanoid like uh, orc. Um, and you can see it slash towards this centaur creature, uh, hitting, taking a gash out of its uh, out of its side. The centaur returns. It's uh, It's- I'm just going to play this by myself tonight, guys. Cool. Um, can I get somebody to roll me a d20 for the centaur as he's going to use his pike to try and hit uh, this poor sign creature? Um, I'm really rolling shit tonight. You see the pike spin around the uh, centaur's kind of humanoid torso, flips it around, and with its uh, with its hind leg kicks the uh, blade of the pike into the ball-like creature. Oh. Um can I get a it's damage tricky. dice, please, of a, a D10? Oof, oof. Should be a centaur, Brett. Four. Okay. As you see, a cut slide open across the uh, across this uh, half orc's um, body. Half half orc, yeah, or half orc, half boar, or half. It's orc, well, half you human. Can, it's you think you caught it in mid shape change. Yeah, what's its parentage? So it looks like it was it was moving from a boar. Like even as you watched it, it was morphing from a pig um, into a humanoid, and it's become more half orky as, um, as as it's going through. That brings us to our next combatant, which is Moradius. Sixty foot away, you say. Mm-hmm. Maradis is going to try and do a knowledge check on the porcelain creature. Mm-hmm. Can you understand what that is by knowledge nature or a, a medicine or an investigation or an insight or a- What are you trying to determine? What right? kind of creature is that? Well, you I mean, you've seen it changing shape. So you, you would assume it's a shape changer. But all you know is it's it's changing shape from a boar to a half orc, whether, whether that's the creature, whether it's a right, druid, gotcha, whether gotcha, it's, gotcha. All you, right. know, you don't know whether it's magical or you know that it, it 
was mid changing shape. All right, then he'd double move into flank with the centaur creature and say, I'm with you, friend. We shall dispatch these filthy orcs and then converse and parlay. It kind of, you, you hear the centaur kind of respond, looks at you in surprise. It's the first time it's it's noticed you. Are you stepping forth into the- uh, into the Flanking with him. Yep. So you move to the other side and it, it kind of, he kind of looks at you quite um, surprised to see your appearance. In primordial, perhaps? Well, I don't know that word. What language did he speak? Hmm? Primordial? No, just yeah. talking in, in common. Talking shit. <laughs> Watch out! He says to you as uh, as the uh, creature sort of turns around so and you is- see the half-orc um, now has put its attention upon you Excellent. as well. That brings us uh, down to a J. I know, J.R. Lockwood, Nycron. Nycron. Uh, Nycron's going to, can I delay to see what the orc does? Because if he goes for uh-huh. them still, then I'm going to yep. uh, pick one of my many uh, offensive spells to do awesome damage. Okay. <laughs> okay. No problemo. So, so you, you do that. Um, Ophelia, you see her move, uh, move sort of within about 40 foot of the uh, orc creature thinking this is this is the way we're going to do it and you can see her load and shoot one of her crossbows the bolt rings true and you see it stick out of this half orc's flank it hits it right in the side as a pool of blood starts dribbling uh, down its side significant amount of damage well done she's good well done good job yeah. Yes. Brings us to the top of the round. J.R. Lockwood, it is your go. How how bad does Mr. Ed look? Um, the centaur? Yes. Uh, the, it doesn't look bad. He's got a gash down the side, like where two kind of uh, boars have 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 struck his flank. But he doesn't look like he's super injured or anything? No, no. I'm going to- It certainly doesn't look like it's hindering him. Let's put it that way. I'm going to do another vicious mockery on the- the the poor, the boar, the boar orc. Yep. The bork. Yep. I can't tell which one of you is more ugly in pig form or orc form. That is a 14. Yeah. Yes. Success. Oh. That was 2d4 because I'm fifth level now. Three points. Nice. Nice. Three points of damage. Three points of damage. Psychic damage and disadvantage on their next attack roll. Okay. Emotional damage. <laughs> All right, which brings it to their turn. So you've stayed sort of on the edge of this copse of trees watching yeah. this uh, exchange happen. The I'm Again, helping. the boar or the uh, the half-orc, as you can now see it, attempts to do two claw attacks upon- So can I come out of my readied- Yes, of course. Can I do that now or have I yep. got to wait for no, you to resolve? No, okay, you can so, see it yep. gaining up to attack. Okay, there we go. So we are going to roll a natural one. Okay. Your oh, dice fuck. really are not with They you. aren't. These D20s are really killing me at the minute. Um, so what happens now? You miss. Okay, is that it? That's it. Sweet. Okay. Yeah, so there's no adverse effect yeah, for this. this. We don't this, have a fumble uh, deck this, for this yeah, game. Fireball goes streaking off into the sky. Okay. I'm setting off fireworks. Uh, it's bright enough down here. We could just use some firepower into the uh, flank of this creature. Thank you, Beetle and Grimes. You've sold me shite. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how it turned. 
Noticing that there are far more opponents than just the centaur in front of him, the uh, half-orc looks around, and while he did get ready to do some slashes, Nykra, knowing now that you're in the sky and that there's, uh, there's this kind of uh, rock-like creature on one side, the centaur on the other, you can see him kind of uh, shut his eyes for a moment and a wave of thunderous force sweeps from him emanates from this creature in a 15 foot kind of burst coming out. Everybody in that needs to make a constitution save. Oh, he'd be a magic user. That's you, Brett. You got to dispel this? <laughs> uh, it's not counter spell. Ah, uh, no. okay. Dispel. Just me? Is yeah. it just me? Gotcha. Uh, it's gotcha. you and the centaur. So I got a 21 because con's my jam. Okay. The 21 is is quite uh, enough for you to save. You see this force, though, ripple straight through the centaur's flanks. You can see, like, the, the muscles and kind of the skin folds go broom, as the centaur seems to uh, break a little bit, taking damage, and oh. it slides back 10 foot Ooh. away from this creature as this uh, thunder wave hits it with a, with a clap. He's given the horse the clap. And and just to be double sure, there's no opportunity to attack for spells next to someone, right? It's attack rolls only. Poop. Okay. The centaur uh, immediately regains its footing, um, shakes off the uh, the effect of that, and then uh, the, puts its pike down for a bit of a, a, not a charge, because from that distance it can't, but it moves straight back in and attempts to uh, to hit this orc again. Can you roll a d20 for me, someone? Ten. Ten. Once he, again, hitting- He just talked about having shit D20s and yeah. you keep rolling them. For, yeah, the pike- Yeah, for the, the Borg over here. That's fine. The Borg. <laughs> <laughs> the pike swings low, hitting the boar on the leg um, and doing 1D10 damage. Oh, good hit, Luke. Five. Five. Nicely done. Uh, again, cutting a quite a large- um, So depressing. Chunk out of- <laughs> all this power- Cutting a large chunk out of its leg. Um, that brings us to, I believe, Moradius. Well, Moradius is going to do a reckless attack, uh, which lets me roll advantage on the first attack. Mm-hmm. 17 to hit. That definitely will hit. What does that look like? Hold on. So I'm just using my um, Savage Attacker ability to re-roll the damage because I wasn't happy with the five that came up. Mm-hmm. But I got a three, so I'll take the five instead. So as he rolls his shoulder and pulls his um, great axe over his, over the top, he's just straight down with an overhand chop doing seven points of damage. Ooh, it, as it flows through, he'll come back with his second attack. Yep. Because he can, for a natural 19 for 24 to hit. That's definitely going to strike into this creature. Doing nine points of damage on the way oh, back. So he kind of rolls it over, spins damage. it round, rolls it back, mm-hmm. hits in two hits, and um, that'll do. All right. Um, that then brings us to Nikron. Oh, no, you're now on, the, on a different initiative. Sorry, I now have to move that. Ophelia once again loads her uh, crossbow on her wrist and she attempts to string, but that is a natural one oh, on the D&D dude. dice. Maybe we so, need to make a fumble. Yeah, fumble she, fumble she 
she flings wide as her bolt does not hit the uh, the the half orc. I'm again. super happy that those bolts don't hit people in base to base with the enemy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, back to the top, Jr. Lockwood. It is your go. I'm going to cast Healing Word on our horsey friend. Uh-huh. Be like, pony up, friend, I'm coming. Nicely done. Um, so that is seven points of healing. Ooh. Oh, nice. Jolly good. And um, then I'm going to move 25 five feet forward, just whistling as I walk forward. Okay. Again, you see the centaur kind of turn around and look to a, to another combatant, which has entered because up until this point, you've probably been uh, mostly hidden with your roles of 21, 23. True, yes. 24, J.R. Lockwood. Um, <laughs> that is my friend. Yeah. Um, and he kind of looks around and he, he nods at you in thanks uh, and continues to whirl around. The- uh, the orc-like creature, you see him for the first time take a shield off his back, sling it down to the to his uh, to his forearm as Nykren's getting his go. <laughs> Thanks for that non-verbal cue. I was like, mm, is it me? Uh, so this time Nykren um, decides to, yeah. Pull his uh, pull his neck in. Yep, uh, and uh, is uh, firing a fireball with a, a two hit roll of twenty one. Oh, that'll definitely hit. As as his shield has not yet come into effect. That's right. <laughs> so it is streaking fire across the. Uh, oh wow! Um, um, across the uh, sky comes in for fifteen points of damage. Holy smokes! <laughs> Oh my God. Smoked pig. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, the half-orc. The shield kind of comes into play and he kind of puts it up in a defensive posture. You can see he's weary. He's unsteady on his feet. He Half looks cooked. like he is- uh, <laughs> You can smell bacon um, <laughs> from, from this creature. And he attempts- to withdraw from the situation, but because he's pulled a shield down already, he uh, is not. He just sort of tries to move out to the side around, looking both ways, probably around you, Maradius. Mm-hmm. He's going to, to stay on your side away from what the cent- centaur creature. Um, the cent- He then attempts to strike at you, uh, Maradius, but I don't believe that a 13 is going to hit you. No, it doesn't. Okay. So it does not uh, ring true. You can see just even where you are, there's blood, there's scorch marks, there's a uh, quite a nasty bolt sticking out of his side, a big gash on his thigh from the pike. Um, and then the centaur steps up. D20, please. Six and a D10. Oh, sorry. No, no need for that because with the shield- the half orc is able to turn away the um, shitty roll that the I did. pike. Yeah, so the pike comes slashing in as where it might have hit before. It does mm. not hit now using the power of this very nice shield. Oh, um, that'll bring us to Maradius. Well, Maradius will step in and um, hit twice again using his ferocious attack for advantage, getting a twenty-two to hit. Uh, 13 points of damage on the first hit. Yep. And- um, Just describe that as you dispatch this creature on the first hit. Yeah! Meridius. Well, he's 
coming in with his um his great axe held in both hands across the side, and he just kind of lets go of his off hand and flicks it out at the neck of the um the the boar orc, mm-hmm. jamming it into its throat. Yep, you see a gust of uh, of of blood spray out of its neck. Do you continue with your second attack anyway? Yes, he does. Fatality. <laughs> Rips his heart. Uh, second attack will hit, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For 10 points of damage. Yeah, and you just see, even though this orc is dead on its feet, <laughs> you watch Meradius. You may surrender. What was the second attack? That was it. 13 what? and then 10. Yeah, well, you've chopped it in the throat. What well, did it's on you the do floor, on? right? Yeah. But it just went overhand, bang, straight in the skull. Just cleft it in just two. crush the crush. Yeah. And like, you- Boulders falling from a mountainside. Mm-hmm. Huh. Thank you. No, let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the voice. No, no, I went into the- It's locked in. <laughs> I went into it's the- locked in. I, I practiced this voice too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, friend. We, we, we ha- yes, a pleasure to make your acquaintance, friend. I I am in your debt for helping me. Welcome in your debt. I am Meradius. My name is Xanth. Oh. Pleasure to meet you, Xanth. Who are your compatriots? Uh, Allow me to introduce us. I am J.R. Lockwood at your service, and this is that bird up there circling. That is uh, Nycron, the firebird. And uh, this is Ophelia. I am liking that, the firebird. It is pleased to meet you. Uh, he kind of bends over and he kind of kicks the, the orc with his one of his hoofed uh, kind of, I guess, do they have feet? No, with his hoof. Um, <laughs> hoofed hoof. That would be over. really weird, a yeah. centaur with <laughs> human <laughs> feet. <laughs> just on the front. Yeah, just on the front. <laughs> Uh, any of you are listeners a- out there that are budding artists, please yeah. do a, an interpretation of just that. A hoof with toes. <laughs> um, he he bends low and he picks up the the shield and he kind of looks at it and he says, "More to your size." And he hands it to you, Meradius. Oh, yes, says, thank you. This is thanks. A, um, looks like an impressive piece of equipment. I would gladly take this and wield it, even though it's difficult with a great axe, two handed and all. But I will. This scum has been all over the woods. What is this creature? It is orc. Why was it boar? A shape changer. What do you know of them? Uh, there are spellcasters in the Neverwinter Wood. They have taken over. <laughs> orc. Really spits Hordes are at foot. I've dispatched many orcs. We've, we've just cleared out old, an old wizard man that had one of these creatures ah, in Ah, yes, the pumpkin pants. Yes, pumpkin pants, yes. Yes. It is, uh, there were orcs there as well. Yes, lots of them. They're yes. all dead. Oh, good work. They're, they're dead. Good. Is it, and he kind of laughs weirdly as he doesn't, you know, it's a very different kind of socialization. <laughs> That a, uh, that a centaur has, and he says, they are spellcasters in the circle of thunder. Uh, it I- is a barrow of stones where they seem to be amassing. However, there are bigger things at foot, perhaps, that you could help with. Oh, okay. Um, we are literally just trying to go 
check on a friend of ours who apparently the orcs were going to come attack his camp. But we're happy to help you out as soon as we make sure he's okay. Do you speak of Falcon? Exactly. It is Logan. him that I must warn about the orc attack. However, I have recently discovered another thing and I am split as to helping Falcon or helping the region at large. Oh, that is... Okay. Uh, what is this other thing that you're split about? The dragon. Oh, yes, we are trying to work on that too. There is said to be a sword. A sword? In the nearby woods. And he pulls out a, a scroll and he says, I have found this. I may have uh, a... Let me tell you a story. And he kind of sits down and he, you know, you start sort of picking on and he gets to, to the side and he says, in the time long ago in the city of Neverwinter, it was ruled by a noble family known as the Alagondas. Lady Tanamir Alagonda was the scion of this family and a fierce warrior in her own right. She had always been fascinated by tales of dragons and their hordes, and she yearned for the chance to test her mettle against one of these fearsome beasts. It was a fate to be fulfilled. Tales reached the lady's ears of a green dragon named Azdraka, who had begun terrorizing the high road outside of Neverwinter, attacking travelers and caravans and demanding a tribute from them. The dragon needed to be stopped. Lady Alaganda saw this as an opportunity to prove herself and rallied a group of adventurers to join her in slaying the dragon. Two parties of brave warriors heeded her call, and together they set out to confront the beast. As Draca was a fearsome foe. But after a grueling battle, the adventurers managed to slay the beast but not without suffering heavy losses. Lady Alaganda herself fell in the fight, but not before dealing a killing blow to Azdraka with her golden sword set to carry the might of her ancestors. In her dying moments, she made a request to her surviving companions that they bury her along with the main remains of her fallen comrades and the corpse of the dragon. They found a barrow near where they had fought. She wanted to be remembered as a hero who had given her life to protect the people of Neverwinter from a terrible threat. And so, it was that Lady Tanamir Alagonda, her companions, and the dragon, Azdraka, were interred in a barrow where they would lie undisturbed for centuries. The barrow became a place of pilgrimage for those who sought to honor the memory of the lady and her fellow adventurers, and many tales were told of their bravery and sacrifices. But as the years passed, and the world changed around them, the barrow, a symbol of courage and heroism, fell from the minds of people. The testament to the indomitable spirit of those who had fought to protect their home became lost. I, however, have uncovered this scroll, and hearing the plight of the people of Neverwinter once again under attack from a dragon, have travelled here to find a band of worthy souls to find this barrel and recover Alagonda's sword, so they, like Lady Taramir Aragonda, can defeat this foe 
and once again bring peace. The sword, I am hoping, is in this barrel, but I must now warn my friend Falcon of an impending attack of orcs. I am torn between these two very important tasks. It is fortuitous that we meet almost like it is written in a module. Yes, it is very fortuitous indeed. We are actually on a mission to slay this dragon. We we went to see Falcon to see if he had any uh, anything to help us with. So. Perhaps you as dragon slayers can get to this barrel. Yes, I can give you direction. Yes, and you're probably quicker than us with you know the the four legsies and whatnot. You might be able to get to Falcon a lot quicker than we could. Mm. I'm quite slow, and he's made of rock. It is so. I'm right here. Not it's- you. He kind of takes out uh, another piece of parchment and he kind of pulls out a piece of charcoal and draws a very quick map of a, of a pathway. And he's as he's doing it, he's describing different landmarks, different places, follow the river up to the bridge, get all across, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and he draws you a, a picture of where to go to, to find the dragon's barrow. Ooh. All right. And with that, he says, I must go and warn Falcon of an impending attack, um, at which point Ophelia kind of whispers something and he says, yes, young one, I will take you with me as well. And she kind of hops up upon his back, upon the centaur's back. Already seen that. And the two of them ride off into the distance on the way to Falcon's Lodge. At the same time as two things probably dawn on you. Number one, if they were a party of adventurers, why did someone not heal her if she had enough time to ask them to inter her? That's a first question of the uh, Lady Alagondra story. And secondly, you remember you have a stone to talk to Falcon. Yep. <laughs> we'll deal with that next time. Oh. <laughs> I mean, maybe they're all out of spell slots. Well, we were all just a little overwhelmed with the idea of a yeah. sword. Yeah. Are you proficient with a sword? I'm proficient with all the shit, man. The shield. I want to know where the Ooh, shield is. Nice. Because it might mean changing up from a great axe well, to a lesser weapon. I can give you this. The spellcasters in the party immediately recognize its magical nature. Uh-huh. Can we identify it? Yeah, it's a plus one shield. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to have to sleep with that ten foot from me, though. Ah, uh, you're not going to want the sword, then, are you? As long as it sleeps ten foot away from me. <laughs> a, a shield and a sword. Imagine that. Imagine. Imagine all the people. Magical, Magical things bring trouble. Never sleep with a magical object within 10 feet of you.